but finally we have someone who speaks proper English on, yes, the, on the show. Ooh, great. I'll try my best. That's the main reason why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else, but you can speak English. <laughs> right. So now we have a German, an Italian, and where are you from? Uh, San Francisco, originally. US? Yeah, from the US, yep. Michael Kim. And uh, it's a friend of mine, of course, but, but he's not here because he's a friend of mine. <laughs> Mike, can you tell us what, what you do? What do you do? Sure. So I work at Google. Um, I'm on a team called Google for Startups, and I am the head of Google for Startups APAC. And so what Google for Startups does is it's a really unique team. It's a team that is dedicating to supporting startups, all our founders all across the world. Um, so it's a team that's really inspiring to me just because I've been in startups and I've been working Uh, with founders nearly all my life. So I grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up in San Francisco. And when I graduated college, I also worked in Silicon Valley for about 11, 12 years. And I love working in startups. I love the fact that you can build something um, in a small room and then it touches a whole bunch of people around the world. Um, so I, now I'm at, at, at Google on this particular team and I feel very fortunate. Well, so you're supposed to be in Singapore, right? I am supposed to be in Singapore. So uh, my home right HR, now, right? yeah. So, so now, I'm, now I'm based... Um, uh, at our APEC HQ, which is in Singapore. And uh, so my home is there, but I'm temporarily in Korea with you guys. And I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, great. And, so, you and you told us earlier that there's some kind of, you know, you're going to go back soon or you want to go back soon. Yeah. He's going back that next week to, uh, Sunday. To, to, to Singapore. So we are really lucky that you're here. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Thanks for coming, by the way. Oh, man, my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. It's awesome. Well, I'm excited to be here. I appreciate it. So before we talk about business, can we maybe go back where you come from? Yeah. Like, a little bit, you know, about your history. I mean, you're Korean-American, mm -hmm. American-Korean. How I, like? Yeah, Korean-American. I was born and raised in the Bay Area, um, so uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I was living there all my life. Um, studied political science at UC Davis, so I have a huge passion for public service. And I I've actually it. been there. Yeah, have you? Believe it or not, I've been there. How many cows did you see? <laughs> many yeah yeah i loved it um i absolutely loved going to school at davis it's a beautiful city and the entire city caters to the students um so i had a wonderful college experience and then when i graduated college i went to washington dc that was because i was a poli-sci major and i thought uh you know so passionate about politics and so actually one of the first uh, jobs i ever had was working on capitol hill and at the time um Our governor of California was none none other than Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Wow. Yeah, Arnold. that's amazing. So, not that he was my direct Ooh. boss, but I can say kind of my boss, 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 boss was Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, which was pretty cool. I got to meet him one time. Wow, man. Uh, he's, he's a is pretty cool guy, and uh, as so an actor, of course. As an actor, uh, yeah. But as a as a politician, I, you know, um, I remain silent, <laughs> but, he, but he was very passionate. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you never know. But anyone that can go from being a bodybuilder to, yeah. you know, he was an immigrant to a bodybuilder to being one of the top actors in the that's, world to to being governor. That's respect. amazing. That's, yeah, respect. Respect. Great, yeah, great. I don't know amazing. many people can do that. So yeah, As an immigrant. Yeah, of course. And so it was awesome. And so uh, I worked on the Hill for uh, about a year. And then... You know, to be honest with you, I think I was young and naive and I thought, you know, I thought uh, politics was going to be this, you know, constantly inspiring movement. You know, I don't know, back when I was in high school, there was a show called The West Wing and everyone used to watch The West Wing and it was very, you know, passionate and very empowering. But when I got to Washington, it was, it was a bit different. Mm -mm. I, I got to see how the sausage was made and it was very different. And I just realized that's not what I wanted to continue to do. Right. So I moved back to the Bay Area, and at the time, there was a startup boom. 
and uh, I just needed a job. And so uh, my buddy who worked uh, at a startup said, hey, why don't you come join us? And it was a gaming company. And that time was like in, in early 20s? 2007. Yeah, 2007. And uh, I am not a gamer. So all my friends always thought that I'd be um, a gamer, but I'm not. And uh, But I just needed a job. And so there were about 40, 50 people in this startup. Yeah. And um, we had come out with a game called Mafia Wars on Facebook. Nice. And it had done very, very well. But what changed our lives was when Zynga, the startup, launched Farmville. Okay. I don't know if you guys remember. There was a time, I do remember. There yeah. was a time on Facebook where the only thing you saw in your newsfeed was, was you know, Alberto planted 15 carrot seeds, right. you know, or your cow is thirsty. I never played much. Like, <laughs> my wife was crazy for that. Yeah. And it just, um, it changed our lives. We were a small startup, about 50 folks. And within a year or two years, we were had close to 1,500 people. And that's when I really noticed the power of startups. You know, this is super exciting. And um, that's kind of where I really started to kind of get mentored and learn uh, learned a lot about uh, what I wanted to do. I started out as marketing and I was terrible at it. And luckily, one of the, the mentors there said, um, hey, look, I think you're better suited for business development. And I had no idea what that was. What is business yeah, development? Well, you're yeah. a kid, you're not, saying, you're not even a major. And uh, he basically said, hey, why don't you come under my wing? And he had worked in gaming for a long time. And, um, and that's basically when I started to fall in love with partnerships, business development. And then from there on out, for another decade, I worked in startups throughout Silicon Valley. Wow, cool, man. Yeah. And this was all in the U.S., based in the U.S.? Yeah, all in the U.S. Yeah, so uh, after Zynga, I went to Monster.com, which was at the time one of the largest job sites. But then up oh, and coming, Monster.com, Monster. ah, do you remember? Crazy, I used to use that too. You did? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, I was studying in the States for almost five years. Yeah. So I went all crazy. around the country. Like yeah. I, was, I was playing college tennis. Nice. So um, I transferred school couple, uh, school a couple of times, and then you know, so I was looking. Man, we we were at home playing Farmville on Facebook and like looking for jobs in on Monster.com, and this guy was actually working. <laughs> crazy, no? But your wife liked Farmville. Yeah, 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 of course. She must have had a massive farm. I don't know. I, I, I she, think was, she, she was playing the whole time. Yeah. I can see her being just kind of. If she played Monopoly, she'd probably win the whole. Play. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he knows very well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was great. And then uh, after Monster, um, there was up and coming startup at the time as well. And that was LinkedIn. And LinkedIn also wanted to change the way people found jobs right. and um, people built their careers. And so I left uh, Monster to join LinkedIn. And then that was also a huge uh, experience for me. It was really eye-opening. I really got to see a company scale from not just doing well in America, but then just globally. It became huge. Huge, right? yeah. When you joined then, how many employees were there? I th uh, gosh, I think we had around 1,500, 2,000 employees. I don't, but I remember when I left, after right. three years, we had 10,000 employees. Um, and we had just, and one of the last things that, we, uh, the, that LinkedIn had done at that time was move into China. And so I got to see a lot of global growth. Mm -hmm. It's really where I got to start to feel passionate about helping companies expand outside of their borders. Um, and then fate had it where I, ran, um, you know, I just was looking for something else. And I, and I had been in the Bay Area all my life. And so there was an investor yeah. who at the time was investing in Korean startups. And even though I'm Korean American, to be honest with you, I, I didn't have a great passion for wanting to go to Korea. 
I'd only been to Korea maybe three or four times in my life. Just with your parents. Yeah, right? just with my parents. It was always during the summer. So it was when it was the hottest, the most humid. And, you know, most Korean Americans, I think, have this experience. You come in the summer, so it's super hot. And then in, in a matter of a week, you got to do everything. So you got to go right. to like Gyeongbokgung, Myeongdong, Namsan. Yeah. You know, you sleep on your Komo's floor. <laughs> uh, you go to Busan for one day. You you know, you go to Haewonday. And then that's your Korean experience. Right. It wasn't with, you know, young people going out to get Kogi and Soju and Somek. And it wasn't about going to... You know, Apgujang, Shinsa, Itaewon. It yeah, wasn't that. It was that. mostly like uh, family, family time. With a, yeah, family time and maybe tourists as a tourist. Totally. Probably, yeah. So I didn't really know much, but I was excited about something new. And so in 2014, I came out here um, to go see my grandma. Yeah. And in that time, the investor said, hey, since you're in Korea, why don't you meet um, one of the companies we invested in? Why don't, why don't you meet the Tepunim? Mm -hmm. And so the funny thing is, is that uh, at that time, I couldn't speak a lick of Korean. Nothing. 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 I knew three words. I knew... Oma, Appa. And Kalbi. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> those three words. I know those three words. That was it. Uh, survival in <laughs> Survival That's Korean. survival. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Especially Kalbi. I was so nervous. Yeah. I was so nervous. But I remember I met the Tepinim and he, he actually couldn't speak English either. So he basically suggested, why don't we go for a walk around Sukchonhosu, the lake in Jamsil. Right. And within 20 minutes, I just fell in love with his vision, his demeanor. I didn't really understand. Which language were you speaking? We were you speaking like Korean. Bro broken Korean, broken yeah, English. Yeah, really broken Korean. Um, you know, I was just kind of going, ah, oh, ne, ne. Kind of, I didn't right, yeah, pretending yeah. to understand, right? Yeah. That's yeah. how I was in the beginning. <laughs> That's yeah. for all Let's of be us. Hon Let's be yeah. honest. Every Korean, uh, if a foreigner is in Korea and he speaks to a Korean native, you kind of pretend from time to time. Man, for nah, me, nah, nah, the, nah. the best way to learn a foreign language is spend time with native, with native speakers and pretend you understand. Totally. That's the best way. Yeah. You just say ne about 50 nah, times. Like, and then nah, after nah. time, it gets less awkward, right? <laughs> and then you kind of feel the sense of self-achievement. It's like, oh, I understand right. a little bit right. more. That's right. And then step by step, you move yourself up a little bit. That's right. And at some point, you hit the board and it's like, okay, now I'm good. I'm not... Hundred percent, but I'm I'm getting right. along. That's right. That's so right. anyway, you were you were having just walking. Yeah, with, uh, so we walked guy. around, and then uh, you know, even though I didn't understand much, I just I got a feeling that he was really special. And um, usually, the thing that always motivates me to move to another company is the leadership. You yeah. know, when at LinkedIn, it was Jeff Weiner, who I think is one of the most iconic leaders, not just of uh, of startups or tech, but I think he's just one of the most brilliant leaders. Um, I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Mm -mm. And when I met this particular Tepinim, I could just feel that he was building something special. And I'll never forget the question that I asked him. I remember asking him, you know, what is your three, four-year goal? Yeah. And I thought, and it's a food delivery company. And so I thought he was going to say, oh, I want to be the number one food delivery company in Korea. I want to mm -hmm. have, you know, X amount of revenue. I want to go public. And his answer was very simple. He said, Mike... The, the reason I'm building this company actually is I just want maybe five, 10 years later, mm -mm. if I'm at E-Mart or Lotte Mart and an old employee runs into me, I just want that young person to say to me, when I worked at Pedari mm. it was the happiest time of my life. 
And so wow. what I recognized so was, he, yeah. It was just starting a, a startup, a small company, and his, his main goal was to make his employees happy? That's right. Wow. At that time, Sounds, I think there were only 30... It, it doesn't really sound good from an investor point of view. Right, though, right. right? <laughs> but you could if tell... If I'm investing money, I was like, okay, totally. man. If you're, if you were going to a VC say, what's your vision? is like, I want to make young people happy. I don't think you get any money. <laughs> get out of the room. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Um, but I was so moved by that because I... In Silicon Valley, you're he, always... He probably looked real. The yeah. guy looked like... And he was so honest. Yeah. And he said, and at the time, he had two young kids too. And he said, you know, there's a problem in, uh, where young people just feel disenfranchised. They don't feel like they can be happy and work in Korea. And he recognized that. And yeah, so, that was really... Was, it, it, it's changing, but like 2014, it was yeah. an issue. Yeah. And you know the term, hell chosen. Yeah, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, and that always breaks my heart. And so... You know, because I was, uh, my heart has always been in public service. I was a poli-sci major. So that's always been a part of my life. And mm -hmm. so when I heard that answer, I realized that he's building something bigger than a food delivery company. He really wanted to build a new culture for young people. Yeah, right. So I flew back home. My mom picked me up. I remember we had lunch in San Francisco and I told her I'm, I'm moving to Korea. And she, her first reaction was just, just started laughing. Like, that's so funny. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. we've been parents are from Korea? They're Korean? Yeah, Your parents in, are 100% Korean. 100%. Right? Born and raised here. Immigrated in the mid-70s, I believe. Yeah, mid-70s, late-70s. Um, and, yeah, so they're 100% Korean. And they never thought I would ever uh, move to Korea. Even, Did they yeah. ever ask you? No, they like, never asked me. Mike, why don't you go? Their biggest, never asked yeah, their biggest goal was just for me to speak Korean to them. Which I didn't. Yeah. And then they just gave up, right? Yeah. After. <laughs> I went to Hangar Hakyo for a decade. And I still only came out with Amma Appa Kalbi. You know, so it didn't work. But so they couldn't believe that their first son, firstborn son, was going to actually move. Yeah. Because you also you had a great job. I had a great life. I had a, I, my entire life was, was in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. What was the initial reaction, though? Like, were they happy? No, they were, they were kind of concerned. They were really concerned, course, actually, because right. then they said, Where, well, what are you going to do? And at the time, I couldn't even pronounce the company I was going to go to. I couldn't even pronounce it. <laughs> it's such a hard word. I was like, I'm going to Peji. And she, my mom was like, that's not a company. And it wasn't a big company no, at the time. No. They were just starting. Yeah, I mean, she, she didn't know. Kim Bong Jin Tepunim now is quite well known. Right. No one knew him uh, 2014, 2015. Right. You know, if anything, my parents want me to go to Samsung, Hyundai, or LG, a little bit safer if I'm going to move. Then she says, you're going to go to Pedari Minzo? What is that? She looked it up. Just a small little company. Man, that's, that's from a, from a parent point of view, it's like your son is in a really big company in Silicon Valley and he's leaving that job to go to a like tiny startup <laughs> in Korea. Well, what would you do? What, what, what would you create? Yeah, I bet you can relate yeah, to this I, a little I, bit I better. Did, I did something similar when I was 20, when I came to Korea. I did something similar actually. Yeah. So I I'm actually grateful to my parents. Mm. They just let me come here. But they weren't. They weren't. They didn't hold. They were back concerned, or... of course. Yeah. But it was younger. I was 23, so yeah. I didn't really start my career. But so maybe your your yeah. situation was even worse. You know. They they just thought that. So um, why are we doing this? Yeah, they were concerned. Yeah, they were super concerned. Mm -hmm. Were your parents concerned when you? Put... I mean, I had like two big moves in my life. The yeah. first time I went to the States when I was 19, 20 ish. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I remember that sitting with my parents at the dinner table and telling them straight up, hey, I'm, I decided to go to the States. Awesome. And they were just like, oh my God. <laughs> but surprisingly, they got used to it really quickly. 
And then my second big move was uh, when I was school going to the states. Is, it's uh, yeah. yeah. And from going going from Germany into the states, I don't think it's that much mm. of a difference. Yes, it is yeah. a difference, but it's still like considered to be the Western world. Right. Mm. But then my second move in, I don't know which year it was, but I was like 25, 26 and was back home after studying from the states. And I told my parents, "Hey, I'm going to go to Korea." So it's because I applied for a scholarship at school here, mm. like without telling them. Yeah. So I just put them, "Okay, I have a scholarship offer." Uh, for an MBA, I can study for free. I'm going to go. You got to go. Yeah. Of course. I mean, there's no way I couldn't go. No, that's a huge opportunity. So then my parents were like, you could just see it in their faces. Yeah, a little bit concerned, but at the same time, really happy. Yeah. Um, so I was, I consider myself really lucky just to have this situation. That's awesome. And then since then, I think my parents, since I'm living away from home 10 years, 11 years, mm -hmm. if you take the whole time span, that's they right. kind of get used to yeah, it. Just got used yeah. To it. They probably don't want you to go back to China. <laughs> <laughs> Stay <That's>, there. <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, man, you, so you finally, you, your, your yeah. parents at the end, they were like, okay, go. I mean, I, but I've, I, I've always been actually kind of like, I'm just kind of stubborn. So whenever I made a decision, even when I first wanted to move out of the house, uh, to live in San Francisco by myself, they were so against it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I never got permission. I just went. I put a down deposit on an apartment and did it because I knew if I asked my parents, they're going to say no they anyway. Say no, my parents didn't ever wanted me to go into startups either. They want My dad's a doctor. He wanted me to do a much more safe, be a lawyer, be a doctor. Uh, he didn't want me to go to a startup. You know, if, trying to explain Zynga, a gaming company, to your to Korean father <laughs> is impossible. Yeah, I, I think to this day, my parents still don't know what I was doing. <laughs> of course. And so, but I'm pretty stubborn. I, yeah, hard. never. But I do what my heart tells me to do. And so I left LinkedIn. But the funny thing is, even my friends at the time thought I was going crazy. My close, yeah, close friends were like, sense, this doesn't make sense. You, you've never said you wanted to go to Korea. You don't speak Korean. You've built this career in Silicon Valley. Um, you've lived in San Francisco all your life. Your network. What are you going to do there? You can't even pronounce the name of your startup. Right. <laughs> but when you know... I think you know. I think yeah, we, yeah we, I know. You, yeah, I, know you I think everyone about. knows that they have a moment in their life. Um, you just know when something's. I right. think you probably when you when you first came here and you met that guy, you probably felt wow, this is cool. This totally. is a new experience, and yeah. you know. And sometimes you have these moments. When you're it's young, it's clicked, like, yeah. mm. and then you're like, okay, I gotta do this. Yeah, and you have a hundred percent move in front of you, but there's no way of backing off. Yeah, no, you just gotta go. I wasn't, I wasn't scared. I was so excited. And even though that, that, that walk around the lake, I didn't really understand. I think 90% of what we were talking about. Yeah. I just felt like it was the right thing. Um, and then, yeah, the rest was history. So basically I came and